Ramona Shelburne of ESPN on her way to Around the Horn right now. Uh, what what an article, Ramona. Great first and foremost. Great job. That was a really, really interesting read. Thank you. Thank you. I always love when we do these stories. Um, like, I literally reported this right at the beginning of the season, right? Right as training camp was getting going and coming out that championship. <laughs> and everybody's in a good mood. And it takes a little while, right? Like, you're putting together a TV story. It's seven minutes long and a, and a written piece of 3,500 words. And so, it's like, it takes a couple weeks to, to, to write and edit and get all that stuff done. And you're like, oh, it'll be all right. It'll, it'll, it's not going to get old or stale. It's going to change too much. <laughs> <laughs> and then come to find out, it, it changes oh, a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> any story that starts in Tiburon and involves the San Francisco Bay, the Golden Gate Bridge, and the city, it, it can't be that bad of a story, even though the Warriors are, have hit the skids. Look, you know, this is one of those questions where you say, you know, is this the championship hangover? Is this just everybody needs to find their new flow? Um it's not like Clay forgot how to play basketball after after last season. He's just he didn't do as much during the off season because he didn't want to get hurt again, right? That was oh, he got hurt the first time with the Achilles. They ramped him up slowly in training camp. He feels good, but like everybody has this sort of we're taking it slower, we're pacing ourselves this year. We're not gonna worry about our regular season record as much as long as we get ourselves to a place where we we feel good when it matters. And every, you can say that as much as you want, but it still sucks to lose. Right. <laughs> like, no, it still sucks to be 6-9 and have a game where, I mean, how many points did Phoenix score last night without Chris Paul? I mean, 0-8 oh on the road, Ramona. Like, this is, you know what I mean? It's it's one thing to be a little wobbly out of the gate. That's not what this feels like. So so let's dive into it. I'm going to read directly from your article and let you react to this. Quote, Draymond Green apologized to Poole and the team and has returned to the court in fine form. But the issues underlying the conflict are still present. Poole and 27-year-old Wiggins are the future of the franchise. The only question is how clean the handoff to them will be. In your mind, based on your conversations, in what way is that incident affecting them now? I wouldn't even say it's the incident. It's it's more the incident. Like, it reminds me a bit of the year Draymond and Kevin Durant got into it after the Clipper game. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Where, like, that stuff is just there. I mean... People knew Kevin Durant was talking about leaving and sort of felt like he had one foot out the door all summer long. Like, it, Draymond just kind of brought it out into the open. <laughs> because he called him out on it and he said, like, you know, why why don't you just clarify? Why don't you just tell everybody what you're saying behind the scenes? Right? Like, there was a sort of um, just bring out what is festering beneath the surface. Draymond has that way of doing that, right? And and I don't think anything's festering to the words. I think it's just awkward. It's, it's just, you know, there's a feeling of, like, you're trying to transition to the new, younger group. Everybody, uh, you know, the Clay and Draymond and Steph and Andre, they, those are the four players that built the dynasty. And there is going to be a handoff at some point, although Secretary will be the last one standing, okay? There's no doubt in anybody's mind of, any of the pillars of the franchise, there will be stuff at the end, okay? But how long do, does everyone stay together? How do people transition roles? Do they um, take less money to stay? 
and do you know does it get awkward for a minute here or there like does, you know the play right now is in the starting lineup um i don't hear any talk of him not starting but like jordan Poole did have a really good run last year as a starter we, like you have to like these kinds of things get uncomfortable especially when you have draymond has two years on the field but one's a player option next year uh, you know this year and next year and the player option play's got a couple years but gets really expensive and if he's not at the level he was before then you know you would have not looked at that except for the fact that they're gonna have to pay 500 million dollars in <laughs> payroll and luxury taxes next year right so there's this there's all these financial issues that are hitting the Warriors starting next year. And everybody feels it. Everybody knows it. Like, the fight with Draymond and Jordan Poole, like, well, it wasn't about that. It, it certainly wasn't not about that. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, and, and so I think that stuff just, it's just there. And it's a question of can they compartmentalize. Look, you're that Kevin Durant, um, Draymond got into it. Kevin was leaving. It was a very joyless, yucky season. They still went to the finals and probably would have won if played and seven didn't get hurt. And then right. this, yeah, this, this year's not feeling quite on the same trajectory. And how much of this do you think is affecting Clay? The whole idea of the transition and the fact that you know Clay's always kind of shot himself out of these slumps, and yet this yeah. year it, it seems like the slump is deeper than ever before. Yeah. Um, you know, the only thing, the, the thing with Clay is, is he's really pressing. I, he, I mean, you can just feel it, right? You can just feel him pressing out there because he wants so badly to contribute and to find his flow and get to shoot your way through it, right? He's always been able to do that. It's just taking longer this time. And that's sort of what happens when you're in your early 30s instead of your late 20s sometimes, or you're coming off of two catastrophic injuries. I mean, there's just... The longer the slump goes, the harder it is to bust out of it. Then you add in the, the the team dynamics that we just talked about. Like that, it's hard not to contribute to pressure. And so much of being Clay Thompson is his ability to compartmentalize and to not feel that kind of pressure, right? Like he he is, you know, a lot of what I wrote about in the story is Clay is about getting that feeling. There's this feeling that uh, some athletes would call it being in the zone. Um, I think for Clay, it's a little, it's less about the, getting in a zone. It's just about really letting go of everything in life and being able to completely focus on playing basketball. And that, you know, the way he does that is through movement. He's incredible at just keeping it moving, 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 moving. Like the guy doesn't, does not sit still. And for two years, two and a half years, he had to sit still rehabbing these injuries. And he learned a lot. He's stronger. But his nature and the way he generally tends to work through any kind of pressure, anxiety, or whatever he's feeling is through movement. And it's right now it's it's not working yet. <laughs> it's just not working yet. Yeah, yeah. Remo- you can get there, but because you have a whole 33 years of him showing you that he's been able to do that, it's just harder this time. It's just harder this time. Ramona Shelburne, ESPN, is with us here on Willard and Dibbs, 95.7 The Game. So, Ramona, it was clear in reading this, you spent a lot of time talking to a lot of people in the organization, and, and, and you've been around them before through the years. So, what are your observations in terms of what is different, the vibe, the mood, now versus before? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's 
How deep you want to get, Mark? Are you feeling deep today? Deep. I want it deep. I want to dig. I want to get in there and find out what's going on with these people. All right. So here's here's what I see. You know that line, no, you know, no man steps in the same river twice, right? Yeah. yeah. Because he's not the same man, and it's not the same river. Okay. You know, like, as parents, we talk about. Well, you know, I, I have two kids, and and they're raised in the same household, and why is one so different than the other? Yep. And the the the, 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 the expert was like, well, because they were not raised in the same household. Right? One was raised when they were an only child and the other was raised when they were the second child. And the parents are different and the older child is different. And, I mean, it's just, you can't get to the same, even though the Warriors want to play the same way that they always have. Even though you want to just line it up and do what you did last year. Okay, run it back. You know, recast the, the, the core, you know, the young guys around Steph and Clay and Draymond. It's, just, it's a different mix every year. And they have to find it, and they're, you know, they're not the same guys. They're not the same team. And like, I'll, I'll say this: like, I think that what happened in the preseason, the fight with Draymond and Jordan Poole, but also the tape being leaked to TMZ, and, and I think "leak" is a stronger word, is, is maybe too strong of a word, like, and how they obtained it, right? Whether it was from within the organization, from a vendor who was just in the building and happened to catch it on a monitor. We don't know. That's what they're investigating. It changed that feeling around the Warriors, for me at least. Like when I was there, it's a little less um, uh, ease is the right word, maybe. Like there's a little more, uh, they, they used to be real loose. They used to have a level of trust in each other and for up and down the organization. Just wasn't the same level of like, relaxedness or ease around everybody, which is to be, you know, totally understandable, right? Like if you were at a place where, tape like that got leaked, you'd be looking over your shoulder too. You'd be worried too, like who, who's not in it with us? Who's, who's leaking it? Um, I think uh, the fight was a was a, a was an ugly incident. I think that people are still kind of processing recovery. Although it feels less about that and more about um, just trying to find the right roles, the right mix, the right feeling again um, with a you know, we, we, don't, we don't see it as a new group, but it is a new group. You know, and, and even the people who remain are different than they were before. Steve Kerr's different. Clay's huh. different. And Draymond's different. I mean, it's just a, a different vibe around it, and they have to find whatever this year's team is going to be. And this year's team is defined by this whole two timelines notion, yet Wiseman now down in Santa Cruz. Kaminga barely plays, didn't play yesterday. Moody lightly playing as well. Can they really still try to thread this two timelines needle, or are they going to have to take a different approach as the season gets closer to the trade deadline? So that's that's a big question. I personally think they keep up with the two timeline thing and you just have patience. I mean, you have to trust the, you know, the quote, they're close to Sixers. Huh. You have to trust the process, right? Like you have to, you have to trust. This is your plan. There, it doesn't always go in a straight line. It doesn't always go smoothly. And I think you have to try and find a way to trust it, um, unless there are some huge red flags that you see. You know, if there's some, there's some huge red flags. Okay, um, but I, I haven't felt that or heard that. I think they're just experimenting and growing, and it's, it's a little clunky right now. Little cl- is, it, is it my word clunky? Yes, I, like clunky. I mean, that's at that's at minimum. I think that's a nice word. Yeah. Yeah, 
the ball's not moving the way it normally does. Right. Like, a lot of it, you can just, just look at, like, assist totals, look at pass numbers, like, how many times is it moving in possession. And it kind of seems like, you know, stuff's going one-on-one. But there, there were moments like that last year, too. There absolutely were. Um, so, so real quick on that, Ramona, then to extend that, because this is the conversation we were just having, I, I've kind of arrived at a, look, you got to ride or die and, and let them try. And if they fail, they fail. Is that where the organization is? Or, or, or do you foresee the potential uh, of a big trade down the road if it's not working? Um, I, would, I would give it this year. I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't do anything this year. Yep. Um, maybe after the season, if it's really not working and it's going to get really expensive, that's that's when I think you you can look at that. But like, let's just remember how young James Wiseman is. He's so young, and hmm. like you could have said this. If you looked at Jordan Poole at the same level of experience, you would have said the same thing. Like, I don't, I don't see. What are these guys seeing this guy? Right? I mean, it's, it's going to let him play. It's going to let him keep learning and growing and. And, and developing, he's such a young guy, and I, I know it's hard because the Mellow Ball's out there, and Anthony Edwards is they're already kind of deep into their career, and and all that. But you gotta you gotta try to do that with with James Wiseman and and Moody and Kaminga. Like they're just it's just scratching the surface here. And at the end of this year, maybe you have a long enough sample size. Maybe you, maybe you feel like you've seen enough and you've evaluated enough. And the best organizations are able to make those talent calls early right they 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 see enough and they're able to do enough early um but i don't think they're there yet you know i you know zach Lowe and i did a podcast yesterday and he was talking about you just can't waste steph in his prime because he's so awesome right now that's not 100 percent. that's true but if you've said we're committed to the two timelines thing you gotta roll with it for a while yeah give it a chance uh, Ramona, just great stuff. Did you talk to Clay about the boat, or did you go on the boat? I went on the boat. You went on the I, boat? Yeah, yeah. What was it like on the boat? He's, he's good, man. That, like, my favorite thing, Mark, is that he does all his own work. Like, he's, you know, he, he doesn't have a deck crew. He's not hiring people to drop the anchor and be defenders. It's not like the show on Bravo. He does, he's like, he really is Captain Clay. Like, he... He's out there doing the dock lines, and he's, you know, he's out there dropping anchor, and he goes and fills up gas in Salsalito, you know, I mean, he does everything. I go, you know, you can hire people to do this for you, and he goes, yeah, but that's so fun. Like, this is like being in the Boy Scouts. Uh, I appreciate the Mo- Below Deck reference, too. Yeah, it's uh, one yeah. of my favorite shows. Mo- I mean, Mo- Momo, I'm not a jealous person, but I'm a little jealous. Uh, you went on the boat. It's pretty good. It's pretty fun. Oh, and, like he, you know, and and like my favorite part was like, plays uh, like this guy who. I mean, he really goes on the boat. This isn't just like a hobby or a, a prop that he takes reporters out on interviews with. Like he really enjoys going on the boat. You could, he has like a bed down down there, and you can you can tell like he obviously takes this boat out and goes for overnights wherever he goes. Right. You know, like he goes out to Catalina, and and you know, and he has like a book. On the nightstand, and he's got the New Yorker there. He's got a chest set. Like, like this is like his place. Like, he really, he really is out on this, and he gets so excited about little things. Like at one point, we're driving, we're driving, we're sailing across the bay, and he goes, "Hey, there's a seal. We got seal. <laughs> there's a jellyfish. There's a jellyfish." Like, like super excited about all the boat things. Oh, uh, which I'm sure he sees probably every single time, but. Uh... Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Gosh, being easily amused is a hell of a blessing in life. Uh, Ramona, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Mark.